You are tuned to the Get Out Those Old Records podcast with your hosts, Sewell Time and Funny Bone. Hey, hey, good evening, everyone. This is Sewell Time, and you are listening to the Get Out Those Old Records podcast, episode 31. And uh, Funny Bone, are you there? I'm here. All right. Well, it's good to be back in the air chair. We had a great episode 30 a couple weeks back with our friend Kevin. And uh, how's your summer been going over there? It's been great. Been uh, making it to the beach and uh, rolling around in the grass, looking at the clouds, staying cool. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, we've been doing much of the same over here as well, uh, without the beach part. But, um, yeah, uh, also been listening to a lot of Pilot. Do you want to guess why? Uh, You're training to become a pilot? No, (laughs) I wish. Uh... At least maybe virtually with a Microsoft Flight Simulator, it might do that. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, it turns out our featured artist this week is none other than Pilot, the Scottish pop group uh, from the 1970s. What a band. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's in store for tonight. Yeah, we're going to do sort of what we've been liking to do the last few episodes. We're going to try and go through sort of chronologically uh, the band's progression and into a little bit of their side projects and solo endeavors. So we're going to hear a lot from Pilot's first three albums um, and then maybe some deeper cuts and some of the work they did with other artists. Yeah, I'm excited because there's some um, really good uh, stuff available on Spotify. Luckily, um, <clears throat> their fourth out, certainly those first three EMI records are all available uh, with some antholo- anthologies. And we're going to be playing a little bit from uh, the Craig Hall demos, which are, are out there on Spotify as well. Unfortunately, a uh, couple things, a couple holes in Spotify would be their fourth album, which was really just uh, down to two of them. Uh, the group, uh, the first record consisted of the original founding three members, which were David Payton, Billy Lyle, and Stuart Tosh, the drummer. So it was the three of them on that first one, officially. Um, and then, of course, Ian Berenson contributed some guitar to that first record, and, uh, of course, they had Alan Parsons out of the gate on that first one. And um, then Ian Berenson uh, joined. And um, so Peyton and Lyle and, and Tosh were joined by Berenson. And that's really kind of the full band. When we say pilot, that's who we're talking about um, uh, with Alan Parsons producing and perhaps some guests uh, session people in and out I'm thinking on those first three records uh, and then the fourth record was just down to David Payton and Ian Berenson and that record is not available on Spotify you can listen to it on YouTube um, 
So we drew a lot. Our first two sets draw on those first three records quite a bit. And um, when we get to the third set tonight, we're going to, like you said, uh, go off the beaten path a little bit and listen to some some other stuff that they were involved with. But um, before we get going on that, I want to announce tonight's poll. Tonight's poll is going to be... Um, in the chat here in a moment I'll put it in on our, during our first set the question is who is your favorite member of Pilot uh, David Payton who played bass uh, as well as guitar and you know, was one of the key songwriters uh, Ian Berenson guitarist extraordinaire one of the double neckers of the 70s Billy Lyle who co-wrote with David Payton the famous Magic number one hit um, and Stuart Tosh, well, Billy Lyle also played keyboards a lot and flute. Uh, he's a flautist. Uh, Stuart Tosh, the drummer. So David Payton, Ian Berenson, Billy Lyle, Stuart Tosh. And if you have no idea who these people are, what they sound like, fear not. By the end of the episode, you will be confident to click on your choice of your favorite member of the band. So... Uh, Funny Bone, anything else to add before we kick off the first set here? You know, that was pretty comprehensive. I'm just excited to spin some of these records. All right. So let's start off our first set. Here is a pilot with Lucky for Some. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. Well, all right. Uh, A little dose of pilot to start us off there. Um, Funny Bone, you chose the first two tracks. I got to say that uh, I had... Spotify on uh, randomized play, so it was a little bit out of order, but we I fixed it in the notes. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, you know, the, the continuity's all right. Uh, those first three tracks, Lucky for Some, Over the Moon, and Lovely Lady Smile, are all off their first album, titled From the Album of the Same Name, 1974. And we closed out with 55 degrees north, 3 degrees west from their second album, Second Flight, 1975. Yeah, that uh, I chose uh, Lovely Lady Smile. Um, I saw uh, on YouTube a live version of that, and it was just basically um, David Payton and Ian Berenson on stools with acoustic guitars mic'd up uh just doing the song like that's all it was it was just like unplugged pilot unplugged and i fell in love with the song at that moment it gets a little cheesy with the spanish interlude there uh ian berenson <laughs> did contribute like i said before on that first record entitled from the album of the same name that's 1974 and then uh, my second choice there was uh, 55 degrees north, 3 degrees west, which I looked up, and it's in just a random place, I think a little north of Dumfries in northern England, it's still in the UK. I expected it to be somewhere in Scotland, but it may have been where the studio was that they were recording 
second flight, which is their second record. Again, Alan Parsons produced this time officially with uh, Ian Berenson as a band member. And that's a great record, too. Uh, that particular n- instrumental number was written by Billy Lyle and Ian Berenson. And speaking of YouTube, I um, listened shortly before we got on the air. I was listening to an audio-only recording that's up on YouTube. I will put the description. Um, I'll put the link in the description of this podcast because normally we don't do that. But this was just too good it was unbelievable it's actually better than the studio version them doing it live and funny bone i don't know if you've run into this or not but one thing i have noticed a couple of things about pilot is it's very difficult to find a video performance anywhere on youtube of them live where they're not either lip syncing completely, right? You know, no chords anywhere. <laughs> yep. Or um playing with a track. Like I was like, "Oh, I finally found something live." And then the chorus comes and it's like all this shit is like with it. It's like, "What?" So they're either overdubbing afterwards or yeah, I don't I very strange. And then the stuff that I have found, the rare few things there are out there of just them raw live are, are like fantastic. Uh, but I guess there was like a level of confidence there or something. I don't know what was going on. Like uh, David Payton had to have his voice doubled or, or something. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, uh, did you find that to be true? I, I, I did find the same thing. I found a lot of playing to tracks. Yeah. Playing to the original recordings it's hard to tell it's hard to tell how much of that is uh maybe some zeitgeist yeah i don't know uh, i i know uh, it's a the same ish era where uh electric light orchestra started doing you know or being famous for live concerts with lots of pre-recorded dubs yeah uh, i guess we weren't quite into the age of I don't know. I mean, and the I'll, other thing it might be management too. Uh, yeah. The little, you know, from what I've read with Pilot, they didn't exactly have the the most clever management. Um. So you know that could yeah. fall on on that end. Sure. Um. And then the other bizarre thing about Pilot I found, and this is really kind of on uh, David Payton to some degree. Uh, to a to a large degree, but also Ian Berenson as well is re-recording old songs, like in the '90s or in the 2000s, like just making complete re-recordings of previous stuff, like not changing it a whole lot, but just maybe thinking like, oh, with today's technology, it's going to sound so much better. And uh, I found that odd, and. Um, I'm not the only one. I saw some YouTube con- comments saying, like, why does this even exist? Like, <laughs> what, why did they go into the studio in 2005 and re-record a whole record uh, that they already recorded? Uh, it was, it's weird. Um, and, of course, that ties in with the Alan Parsons stuff that they re-recorded as well. Uh, just a little bit odd. I don't know. I've seen interviews with David Payton, a fantastic bloke. 
just a terrific all-around. And there's a lot of integrity in just sort of, if you look at their career, the, the choices they made. Uh, but before, we'll talk more about that a little later. But um, right now, it's time for the Get Out Those Old Records beer share. Funny Bone, what you drinking? Tonight, I've got a Wilson Mountain Style IPA from Roadhouse Brewing Company. They're out of Wyoming, USA. And you know there are some pilot fans in Wyoming. <laughs> you better believe it, even though they never toured there. They never toured the U.S. Actually, they only toured the U.K. They never did uh, tour it abroad. Yeah, like I said, a little bit of suspect management. Yeah, a little strange. It's a, what a strange band they are. You know, uh, very on on a superficial level, just a pop band. Uh, a lot of Americans make the mistake of uh, categorizing them in the one hit wonder category, which is definitely not true. And um, yeah, there, if you dig a little deeper, there there there's a sophistication to the songwriting that is definitely and musicianship that is definitely a lot deeper than just most hit makers and pop bands. Um, I am having a summer brew tonight. I chose a Baxter lager road lager, of course. Mm. Um, it comes in this tall can that's 19.2, uh, ounces or that's one pint oh, and another 3.2 fluid ounces. Um, it is definitely a lager through and through. And the flavor text on the uh, can says this liquid will resemble a Mexican style lager. Pale gold and crystal clear, minimal aromatics and flavor the primary sensations of the liquid will be that it's cold and crisp we are endeavoring to balance low calorie and carb content while delivering satisfaction this is an entry into craft beer a macro style lager produced by a craft brewery and uh, they say it pairs best with lime thirst frosty mugs and burgers off the grill I've got the first three covered, the lime, the thirst, and the frosty mug. I did put a mug in the freezer for this one, so I am enjoying it. Now, a lot of that description almost makes it sound like the pilot of beers. <laughs> one might say. <laughs> We're uh, on Especially to the thin and crispy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway uh yeah um so interesting what's going on with the poll who is your favorite member of pilot david payton bass player but also played other instruments uh main songwriter ian berenson guitarist uh billy lyle keyboards flute also one of the main writers and Stuart tosh the drummer um, the uh, poll will be up through the rest of the podcast so as you listen to the music and formulate your choices um, you know go ahead and uh, when you're confident enough go ahead and push that 
button on your favorite pilot member. Anyway, let's get into the second set. What do you say, Funny Bone? I love it, and we'll be discussing our vote at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. Stay tuned, folks. Don't don't touch that dial. Um, and so we're going to start off this set with one of your picks from Second Flight. We ended the last set with uh, 55 degrees north, 3 degrees west, the great instrumental. And we're going to start this one off with Call Me Round off of 1975's uh, Second Flight. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. Every aspect of your flying environment is completely user-adjustable. You can fly during the day or at night. Adjust wind speeds and directions at four different altitudes. Turn cloud layers on or off at the touch of a key. And if you get lost, the program includes a radar view to give you a clear picture of your present location. Flight Simulator 2 even includes a World War I Ace aerial battle game where you can test your flying skills against six computer-controlled enemy aircraft. Flight Simulator 2 is available on disk for the Apple II, Atari, Commodore 64, and IBM family of personal computers. Four different scenery areas are included on the program disk. New York, Chicago, Seattle, and Los Angeles. Over 80 airports are located in these areas. Additional scenery disks are also available for use with Flight Simulator 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and Jet. Each disk covers a geographical region of a country in detail and includes all major airports, nav aids, cities, highways, rivers, and lakes located in that region. Twelve scenery disks covering the entire continental United States are now available. Each disk may be purchased individually or as part of a specially priced six-disc set. We will continue to release new scenery disks until much of the world is covered. Wow, let's hope they get to it and finish, finish off what they started and include the entire planet in that uh, we'd like to thank Flight Simulator for sponsoring tonight's show uh, appropriately um, featuring Pilot uh, navigating the pop career of Scotland's greatest performing rock act I would say and that was a fantastic set there uh, winding up with a sort of melancholy library door from the Craig Hall demos, but we kicked it off with uh, one of your choices, Funny Bone. Yeah, I uh, I took uh, Call Me Round off their second album, Second Flight, um, and I mainly uh, included that in our set list because I felt like we needed uh, one song that was quintessential pilot with the hand claps without the, playing magic right yeah the, <laughs> right the, the yeah. power pop well that definitely did it chorus absolutely um, and and that song it, uh, it was a modest hit in the uk when it was released it uh went to number 34 i was um, just amazed at the, uh, with the headset listening to uh the backing vocals are just phenomenal it's it's lush it's so good yeah. um uh, what was the second track there we listened to? The second track was one of my choices, uh, Lady Luck. I um, 
It, it's off of um, the A's, B's, and Rarities collection that's on Spotify. Um, and Lady Luck was released as a single in 1975, so I'm not sure if it's a leftover from Second Flight or whether it predated it. It definitely has a different feel to it than Second Flight recordings because of the lush strings and operatic singing in the background. Um, a very strange arrangement, too, I might say. It was written by David Payton. But we were talking about the arrangement in the chat there. Um, but it's got that Brian Wilson sort of bridge to it. Very Brian Wilson-like. And it's funny because I was watching an interview with David Payton on uh, Scottish radio. It was about from ten, like 10 years ago. And he was out touring. I think he had just finished up, or he was talking a lot about his his bass playing gig with Elton John, and how much he enjoyed that. And um, but he was talking about meeting Brian Wils Brian Wilson, and who was one of his heroes. And it's tip typical. Every every encounter with Brian Wilson is just funny. Like every <laughs> everybody who's come in yeah. contact with him, it's always such a sort of awkward, bizarre moment. But his was really positive. He um, asked Brian if he could get a picture with him, and Brian was like, "Sure, sure, sure." And uh, so he's he he put himself next to Brian and had had the camera out to get the selfie. And Brian wasn't looking at the camera; he was just staring at David Payton. And the <laughs> and, and and the following words came out of Brian's mouth: "Never believe it's not so." <laughs> <laughs> he was just he like put two and two together. He just he, he loves the song Magic, and so he was happy to meet the songwriter. The guy who wrote Magic. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's adorable. Yeah, he's Brian Wilson's always very childlike uh, in in all those encounters I've I've heard about. But oh, um, yeah, so after uh, Lady Luck, there was one of your choices, and we move we moved up a year, I believe. Yeah, we had to feature at least one off their third album. Morin Heights, uh, released in 1976. This album's very unique. It's uh, different, isn't it? Compared to the other two. It's, yeah. it's very different. It's it great, It was though. recorded in it's Canada. Um, it had a different producer. It wasn't Parsons. It was uh, Roy Thomas Baker. Um, and uh, some pilot heads uh, <laughs> criticized like this album. <laughs> YouTube commenter. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, um, they didn't like the compression. Okay. Yeah, uh, and you can hear it. The, the, it's got a funny drum sound. It's very heavily compressed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's an interesting historical story, I think, or what possibly influenced that. Um, is when Pilot was starting out, they were label mates with Queen. Right. Um and they sort of had this healthy competition at the time on who would be the first from EMI, or they were trying to be the first of uh, the sort of EMI bands at the time to reach number one in the UK. And Pilot actually beat Queen mm -hmm. to it with January, which we featured in 
our New Year's episode way back two years ago. Yeah, it was episode three, um, the Happy yeah, New Year edition. The UK uh, number one. It was a number one. Um, and in Australia, it was like a number, it was like in the charts for like three months or something crazy. Yeah. It was I, nutso, it was yeah. Fantastic record. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, so anyways, that's the connection they have with Queen. And when I listen to that Morin Heights record, the influence is palpable to me. When you mm-hmm. hear those compressed harmonies, it sounds like Queen. On, and you hear yeah. it pretty clear on Penny in My Pocket. And even uh, to some extent, uh, the guitar tone kind of sounds like May, too. Um, so and they were all fond. They were friendly with each other. I guess. Uh, yeah. EMI had them going out to lunches and, and such. Um, another interesting thing to note is that uh, Morin Heights, that third album, there's not a lot of uh, Billy Lyle on it. Um, I don't think he traveled to Canada with them. I think he was doing, he might have been recording his solo album um, or staying back for yeah, other engagements. That, that was 1976, wasn't it? 1976. He does not have a keyboard credit on that album. Um, there's, it's got someone else on keyboards. It's not coming to me at the time. Um, so that's sort of, it's oh, wow. the this phasing out right they drop to three on Morin heights and then they go down to two on two's a crowd so you don't think well the, his song maniac is on Morin heights and that's he's got also songwriting credits yeah yeah ah uh, that's weird i did not uh, i'm, I'm I, learning i'm educating figured... myself yeah, I figure that's probably from just old collaborations with okay. him and Peyton because they worked together a lot. They did, yeah. Right. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we closed that set out with uh, what I thought was a great, great track, um, an unreleased demo. Yeah, and it's uh, well, it the, the song the song is the library door, and. It, it actually is on Two's a Crowd, the 1977 album that's just David Payton and uh, Ian Berenson. Um, but this demo, I think, is early. I think it's super early. I think it's like the Craig Hall demos, which are on Spotify, I encourage every, any pilot fans to listen to it, is uh, from 71 to 76. And um, I took down the description here from David Pat, uh, uh He says, this is a collection of original songs recorded in Craig Hall Studios, Edinburgh, by Billy and myself. Although some songs are familiar, many are being heard for the first time. We first talked about working together outside the Central Library on George 1V Bridge, or 1-5 Bridge, in 1971. We met there by chance while visiting the music department of the library. Billy was the house engineer at Craig Hall, and during his free time, he would write and record in the studio. Eventually, we were joined by Stuart Tosh, and it was a trio we really began to develop. It was as a trio we really began to develop our own style. Billy and Stuart left Edinburgh to live in London in 1974. I continued to record in the studio, and some of these recordings can be heard in this collection. The tapes were restored and copied to digital format and being, uh, after being stored in various attics and garages. It's really a, kind of some gems. 
uh, there's a, a version of January that is amazing. And uh, it's instead of all of those great Ian Berenson chops, it's um, Billy Lyle on the flute. Oh, you've got to listen to it, uh, Funny Bone. It's really good. The version of January on that Craig Hall demos. Highly recommend. And uh, so I think it's that time in the, the podcast uh, where we pause for a station identification. Hey, you're listening to WGTR. Get out those old records podcast. Spelunking Spotify for musical gems since 2020. Yeah, and that's uh, like uh, when we wrote that station ID, I, I really didn't know that spelunking would be the totally operative word for what we do here. Um, it is the act of spelunking Spotify, <laughs> for sure. Um so we're we're coming up on our last set of the evening, and uh, we'd like to thank everybody out there for listening, whether you're with us live or afterwards. Um, and I, I guess before we hit up this last set, I'll remind people that the poll will be closing soon, so definitely cast your vote. And then the other thing uh, I meant to mention at the at the top of the podcast is how I am we are. Uh, creating talk-only versions of this podcast that do not contain the music uh, to uh, appeal to a wider audience outside of Spotify. So you can listen to just our um, incessant banter in between the songs. (laughs) And we will provide a link to our own Get Out Those Old Records Spotify playlist if you want to combine those two on your own if you don't have a subscription or you don't uh, have spotify isn't your main uh, jam um, you can at least have that playlist and recreate the live broadcast all on your own of course we do have the music plus talk up on spotify which is probably the way to go if you have a subscription I just wish Spotify would get a little better about making it more available on all devices and all versions of their app. Right now, you either need the phone app or the desktop app. You can't do it through the web browser, which is unfortunate. Uh, But all these things can change. Things are changing in this realm uh, by the day. Um, we're going to start off with something I chose off of uh, Two's a Crowd. Now, I mentioned before, Two's a Crowd's not available on Spotify, but there are some tracks on Spotify um, in the pilot anthology. So this is uh, Get Up and Go from the pilot anthology, but it originally appears on their fourth and final record, Two's a Crowd. It's pilot with Get Up and Go. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. Funny Bone, we can only hope that uh, if we are in contact with aliens from outer space that they'll be friendly and dancing in the moonlight. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah that was uh that was that a crazy hope yeah yeah that was a crazy set um 
We started off with Get Up and Go from, well, it appears on Two's a Crowd, the fourth and final record that Pilot put out as Pilot. And, uh, well, actually, that's not true. There's another one um, called Blue Yonder, which is a re-recording of Two's a Crowd, <laughs> like <laughs> 10 years on. Like I said before, it's very strange. Um, but... Uh, for my money, I would go to the original Tuza Crowd if you can find it. I think it's on YouTube. And um, yeah, after that, uh, Funny Bone, you had a couple picks there. Yeah, I picked uh, Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush from her 1978 album, The Kick Inside. Of course, uh, that song is a smash hit. It was number one in the United Kingdom. Uh, one of the all-time beloved uh, pop records um, in the UK, uh, probably a lot of other places in Europe, and, uh, you know, included for, you know, the most uh, tangible uh, reason here, because that's Peyton on acoustic, Berenstain on electric guitar, uh, which, uh, for me, that coda where he's just doing a guitar solo, it's sort of... uh, um, uh, mimics the melody or facsimile, facsimile of the vocal melody in the song is so tasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Andrew Powell on bass and Celeste. We haven't talked about Andrew Powell a lot, but uh, he collaborated with Pilot uh, fairly often as an arranger, including having the arrangement credit on Magic, the single. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, two and a half members of Pilot on Kate Bush's uh, Wuthering Heights record. Um, and also, you know, um, Kate Bush is one of the feel-good uh, pop stories of uh, the last few decades. Right. Um, with uh, Running Up That Hill, uh, released 40 years ago. Uh, going to number three on the U.S. Hot 100 in 2022, um, and it went to number one in uh, UK. Um, you just uh, you love to see it. Uh, pretty amazing. I followed that up. <laughs> I yeah. followed that up with um, "Reds in My Bed" by 10CC off their 1978 album "Bloody Tourists." Um, now, uh, drummer Stuart Tosh. Uh, after Pilot uh, disbanded, uh, he joined 10CC, and um, that's their sixth studio album, Bloody Tourists. And this is his uh, sole uh, songwriting and uh, singing credit on the album. So he's playing drums, he's singing, um, and he also wrote the song. Wow, that's amazing. He, great singer. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, he held <laughs> yeah, his own. Good performance. Yeah, and that was Eric Stewart backing him up vocally. I thought it was Paul mm-hmm. McCartney at first. Sounds a lot like it's got a very... Well, uh, there is an Eric Stewart-Paul McCartney connection as well, so... Uh, uh, Paul McCartney was it... Eric Stewart's uh, vocal coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it sounds like him. <laughs> uh, uh, probably his uh, his muse. Uh, I think right. uh, yeah. Stewart, like pretty much any musician coming of age in the seventies, uh, idolized McCartney, and yeah. um, 
he uh, he went on to uh, work with Paul on his 80s, his early 80s records. Mm. Um, he he wrote with him and he played on those records as well. Neato. That's awesome. And of course, we closed out with uh, Shooting Star by Dollar off of their Shooting Stars album from 1979. Um, so we're just edging the 80s here. And uh, I, normally, I probably wouldn't include a Dollar song, uh, except that I wanted to really represent uh, Billy Lyle on this podcast and his work that he did post pilot. Um, he did a great solo record as we alluded to before in 1976 called solo casting. Uh, unfortunately it's not on Spotify, but you can check it out on YouTube and uh, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's really, you could tell he really put his heart and soul into that record. And, um, this song, uh, Shooting Star, was written by David Courtney for the pop duo Dollar. Uh, they're a UK um, outfit uh, consisting of David Van Day and Teresa Bazaar. And um, yeah, they were very, very popular in the UK. I don't know, I don't recall them being um, play airplay in the US, but that doesn't mean they didn't move the charts over here as well. I just don't know. Um, but uh, that is definitely Billy Lyle doing the synthesizers and keyboards that you hear on that song. And um, I got to say, I, I always check out YouTube to see what's going on. And there is a music video for that song done by Dollar that I encourage you to watch uh, Funny Bone. It's very <laughs> Xanadu-esque. And there is some dancing in the moonlight going on. So it's uh, well worth it. Um, something I think Haley would enjoy as well. Um, the fa You know, I was thinking while listening to that, the fact that all the band members of Pilot, the, the core group there, um, and uh, the polls will be closing soon, so it's now or never. Uh, to put your vote in uh, the fact that all of them were comfortable as you know equally comfortable as session musicians or hired guns for touring as opposed to being in the spotlight all the time i think that speaks volumes about the integrity of uh these musicians that we've been listening to tonight um and it's one of those rare you know combinations of superior talent and superior human you know i feel like um all of them are just upstanding people as well as upstanding musicians um funny bone do you have anything to add uh i couldn't have said it better here's to you pilot yes uh they've stood the test of time i mean that's one thing you listen to their music um especially those first couple of records and they're timeless. You know, that's, I think that might be the ultimate compliment on any piece of music, not just the music itself or the song or the melody or the lyrics, but the recording of it, you know, the, it just, it doesn't sound too dated, you know, like if you listen to magic, it holds, holds up 
holds up very Absol well. Absolutely. You know, even my um, my little daughters, they love that record. And, and the, I've been playing some pilot in the car <laughs> as we've been uh, gearing up towards this. And, and, oh, sure. Um, yeah, they, they enjoy it. There's just, um, as corny as it sounds, it's really uh, music that makes you smile. It's just darn fun. It it's is. Real. It's, it's really fun. It's uplifting even when it's dark matter, you know, dark subject matter. Uh, it's still uplifting. Uh, there's there's a few songs like that on Morn Heights that I, I'm thinking of that have very uh, sort of uh, dark themes, but still very hand-clappy, upbeat uh, hope uh, embedded into the actual recordings. So the polls are in. We've closed the polls, so if if you're late, uh, that's that's tough at this point. Uh, we can't get it back. <laughs> Who is your favorite band member of Pilot? Ian Berenson, David Payton, Billy Lyle, or Stuart Tosh? We've got uh, 0% for Stuart Tosh, 0% for Billy Lyle, 0% for David Payton, which I'm really surprised. That's a shocker. 100% for Ian Berenson. Uh, That's not fair. Uh, also, I can't say I'm that, surpri <laughs> that surprised. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, we did. We did. Uh, there was a lot of every time there was an Ian Berenson solo, the chat would light up like a Christmas tree tonight. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I mean they're all equally loved. It's it's not a fair poll. You had no, to choose. No, it's not. It's silly. Uh they're all great in their own uh individual ways. Uh both who's, personally and musically. Who's your vote for their soul time? Well, I think it's obvious. Uh, it was Ian Berenson, but I didn't expect everybody else to vote for Ian Berenson. So uh, Ian, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really do. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I think uh, with with Pilot, I think you know Peyton had the biggest hand in the songwriting catalog. Yeah, but what Berenson adds to the band. Uh, for all those songs, it's just exactly what they needed. It's always just that spice that makes the dish come alive. Um, yeah, and that's that's where he got my vote. I feel um, uh, I feel like he's just so much a part of their sound. Yes. Yeah. All right, Funny Bone. I think it's a wrap. I think it's time to uh, let the people go to sleep and let's get on. Let's land the ship. Yeah, let's uh, let's stick this landing. As always, thank you for listening to the world's 1,224th best music podcast voted two years in a row. Please like, follow, subscribe, or whatever on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, where you can join us live every other Saturday at 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern. You can listen to the Music Plus Talk podcast on Spotify. 
and the talk-only version on most platforms. Uh, the links are in the description. We're also including links to a link to um, the Spotify playlist if you want to sort of construct your own um, legal version of this pirate radio broadcast. <laughs> um, so I, I do have a closing statement. And that's simply never, never believe it's not so. And funny, bone, funny bone. Do you have anything to uh, add or uh, say to the listeners? It's magic. Get them out, folks. <laughs>